It's Tuesday. It must be Acre Pro uh, buy sell. I'm joined by Tom Deanhart. This is kind of our chance to have a little conversation about the the wonderful world of Purdue football and what is going to happen and what we think might happen. And uh, they don't hold us accountable, though, Tom. I don't think we come back and repeat these and say, well, what Good we were thing. right on and what we were wrong. At least I know that we have some viewers out there that that uh, uh, like this show. We appreciate that, but uh, they haven't counted up what we've been right. But we want to thank. Mm. our good friends at acre pro midwest farm group when it comes to land sales it pays to have experts in your corner it always does with decades of experience in indian agriculture no one knows the market better whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland your eight local acre pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right uh we appreciate uh uh, Kyle Spray and company, all they, that they do with that. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local acre, their local land expert today. All right, Tom, who would have bought sell that Purdue would get two wins on the road? Um, and the Boilermakers did against with Minnesota and Maryland, now Nebraska up there. And there's a lot of interesting storylines this week. You know, starting with uh, the Purdue, this will be the in the interim head coach tour for Purdue the next two weeks as the Boilermakers take on Nebraska and then go to Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, a lot of talk, and you've written a lot about uh, how how well Purdue has done in the in the rush defense game. Not allowed a hundred yard rusher. Uh, is re Purdue has really clamped down in the run game. Nebraska's got somebody that can do that against Purdue, though we only had 47 yards grant last week in, in the, the Huskers win at Rutgers. Are you buying or selling that Purdue will hold not only is it, it's Anthony Grant, right? Yeah. And or Nebraska under 100 yards. Yeah, I'll give you two options there. 100 yard uh, all told in uh, the rush defense and then uh, the 100 yard uh, individual rusher. What do you see? Yeah, they're only allowing 97 yards rushing a game as a team. This is what really amazes me is Purdue is number one in the Big Ten and in fewest long rushing yards. Yeah. The fewest long rushing plays allowed of 10 yards or more and 20 yards or more. They've only allowed one run of over 20 yards this year. Unbelievable. And they've only yeah. allowed 11 runs of over 10 yards. And both those are the lowest figures in the Big Ten this year. So they are not getting gassed for big plays in the ground game. That can be so demoralizing, so deflating, and rip apart a defense. Anytime you're getting a run on, it's demoralizing and deflating. And Purdue has been good against the run. I know maybe they haven't played a who's who of great running backs so far. Uh, they're going to see a good one this weekend. Again, Grant's number four in the Big Ten and rushing. I don't think, Alan, he's, he's going to hit the century mark, though. I'm I guess I'm, I'm buying the fact that Purdue is going to keep that string intact of not yet allowing an individual rush for 100 yards in a game on them this year. Bigger challenges loom just the week after this. They got to go to Wisconsin and play Braylon Allen. He's a terrific running back. There's still a date with Illinois' Chase Brown, who I think may be leading the country in rushing. So yeah. there's some good running backs still on the to-do list for Purdue. Again, taking nothing away from Grant. He's very good for Nebraska. Has a great story. Was at Florida State, then was at a junior college. Uh, but, Alan, I, I don't think he's going to be the first to turn the trick on Purdue's defense this year. Yeah, that uh, has been an amazing story. Really, Purdue's one of the best rush defenses it's had uh, in its program. 
for a long, long time. And that's always been, you know, a, kind of a bugaboo of Purdue football, yeah. being, you know, being able to stop the run. Uh, I ask you just in terms of scheme and everything else, not necessarily a buy-sell question. What, why is that? What has been so good? I mean, even without Jalen Graham, now I understand Jalen Graham came in and made a big difference last week against Maryland, but uh, is it just that physical uh, defensive line presence in your view? What has really changed? Because you don't have, I know George Karloftis, but he, had a, he made, was a big factor, certainly in the pass rush game and Purdue's ability to do a lot of things in the defensive line, but it's been a real story that uh, they've been as good as they've been. Yeah, we've we asked Ron English about that and some players about it, and they just talk about how, how they drill it, how they drill their run fits and, and uh, you know, sealing up gaps. They've been working on this stuff since the summer, obviously. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything real magical. Um, uh, they are well coached. I think um, the depth on the defensive line certainly helps. That's been well documented, too, how deep that Purdue defensive line is, Alan. I mean, they're comfortable playing upwards of 10 or 11 guys every game. And to have those fresh bodies in there, especially when you get in the second half and you're playing these physical Big Ten West teams like Minnesota, later on, Wisconsin, physical, Iowa, physical, Illinois, physical, uh, Syracuse was physical. So, I think, again, the depth on that D-line has played a big role, too, and in this team, and this defense in particular, being so effective at limiting the opposition's ground game. Yeah, well said, and I think that that's been a story. Now, I'm going to throw one, because one we didn't prep for before, offensive line. Purdue's down to six bodies, wow. I think you've been counting. All right, buy or sell that there'll be somebody else outside of that six that will see snaps on saturday now we're not we're not banking on injuries but just talking about what jeff brom has to do to keep that offensive line doing what he has to do and and if so you know this personnel about as well as well as anybody who in the heck is that going to be that's going to work their way into the rotation uh if that uh, comes to pass i think they're going to say their prayers alan <laughs> they're going to hope for for good health because um when the season started, there were, what, eight linemen. I know they were comfortable playing. If they had to go beyond those eight, there were some concerns on their on the preparedness of those players. Now they're down to six. So we're, we're, we're starting to walk a little tightrope here as far as the depth goes. I guess, who knows? I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'll say at this point, though, I'm buying the fact that they're going to be able to get by another week with just these six linemen. Now, the one guy off the bench is Sione Finau, the transfer from Florida International right. guard. He's playing more and more, obviously, in recent weeks. If they have to bring people off the bench to help, they got four guys I think they're comfortable with. Um, Josh Kaltenberger is one of those guys I think they're comfortable playing. He's a sort of a center guard. Jared Byzinski, who's from yeah. Berea, Ohio, he's, he's a guard. He's just a, kind of a big, strong guy who can't play on the edge, but he's, a, he's an interior guy. Um, they, they, they like the, um, uh, Naylon Fox up from Pontiac, Michigan. He's a big tackle number 71. Um, he's a guy, I think they would, they would have some faith in putting in. And then, then honestly, Alan, I think the fourth guy's from what I gather is a true freshman. Uh, the kid from Louisiana, number 55, Malachi Presidio, I think is his name. He, he lacks ideal dimensions. He's not super tall. 
I've been told they sort of envision him being like Kirk Barron. They want him to be their future center. Again, not a real super tall guy, but a guy who loves football. And he's going to be a contributor at some point. But even as a true freshman, Alan, I get the sense if they really had to, he's a guy that they, they, they would feel okay if they had to tap him on the shoulder and have him go into a game and play now. All right. Well, analyzed and it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Again, we're not trying to handicap injuries. We know that uh, Jeff Brom and company would like would be a lot more comfortable if they had uh, eight guys, of course, losing Daniel Johnson for the for the rest of the season. Also, um, a, a big blow. Uh, too, Al, to Kim real quick, one, one, one move they, they have made. Yeah, I'm, not sure. I'm, not, I'm not sure how ready he is to help it. But they have moved DJ Washington back yes. to the offensive line. Of course, they moved him to the D line last year. I always thought that was kind of a curious move anyway, when they didn't have much depth on the O line. Uh, but anyway, DJ Washington's now back on the O line where he was for his first four years on campus again, Alan. This this happened soon of late. So I'm not sure how quickly he could help. You wouldn't think it would take him too long to get back up to speed since he spent so much time on that side of the ball. But he's a guy, I think, within maybe a week or two that, you know, they probably would be okay throwing out there if they had to a guard. All right. And of course, Eric Miller, they've got some guys moving parts, you know, it can go both way, go both sides. That's yeah. that does help with the uh, permutation, so to speak, of who plays where that that does give them a little bit of flexibility of moving some guys around the line. Yeah, you're right. You know, Marcus Bow can play guard and tackle. You talked about Eric Miller last week. He flipped from left tackle and started at right tackle. And they had Musa start at left tackle last week. So those are the guys. I think Musa can play both tackle spots too. But really, the only guy I think can really go from guard to tackle is Bo. You know, Spencer yeah. Holstead and Finau are really, really just guards at that at at at, at that at heart, and uh, so there's not as quite as much flexibility there with guys being able to play different positions between guard and tackle. There's some guys that can play guard and center. Uh, so again, they're, they're doing the best they can, and and they know what they're up against. And like I said, yeah, you, you just hope everybody can stay healthy. Alan McGally with six games left, I think is a pretty. Uh, pretty uh, lofty uh, uh, hope if you think nobody else is going to get dinged up front. Yeah, you've got two, uh, certainly Wisconsin next week, a physical uh, team, but also Nebraska's got some talent, and it is Big Ten football, as we keep saying, and uh, it just makes it harder and harder to keep guys healthy from that yeah, standpoint. Remember, too, they have the off week after Wisconsin. And that's what they need to get there. Yeah. <laughs> they get need to get there intact and, and then be able to finish up uh, with those games, uh, the, the game, the November games, the four November games uh, would be a uh, be a good thing from that standpoint. All right, uh, let's see. I want to get to another one, uh, a buy-sell. We talked about Charlie Jones with three consecutive games of under 100 yards, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to do this as a double-pronged one. Charlie Jones over 100, and and between Payne Durham and Charlie Jones, who has the most receiving yards this week? Yeah, first, just real Buying, quick. And we're going to say, are you going to buy or sell Charlie Jones for both of those? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Charlie finally back in over 100 here. I think it's gonna happen. Um, Nebraska's secondary is not good. By the end of that game last Friday night at Rutgers, they had a, a seventh-year senior, a 25-year-old guy playing one cornerback spot. <laughs> they had a true freshman playing the other spot. 
they're really struggling on the back end. I think Purdue's going to be able to take advantage of, of some of their deficiencies. Uh, and Aiden's going to have a big game, and Charlie's going to be the benefactor of that. Just real quick, the first three games for Charlie Jones, 32 catches, 474 yards, and five touchdowns. The last three games for Charlie Jones, 18 catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns. And Allen last week in College Park, Maryland, just three catches for 15 yards. Um, so obviously we all see the trend there. I'm sure defenses are now obviously very highly aware of Charlie, trying to defend him uh, as much as they can. But um, again, uh, from everything I hear too, Alan, he, he's not healthy. He's playing with some some lower body issues, I believe, and uh, probably something that's not going to get better until after the season. He's not practicing a whole heck of a lot, which is going to impact you on Saturdays, too. They just want to get him to Saturdays and game days, right? And uh, so he, I guess he's battling through a lot right now. I think that's also one reason why maybe his numbers are starting to taper off a little bit here. And he plays a lot of snaps now. If you look at the snap counts, it's, it's obscene for a wide receiver to play as many snaps as he does. Yeah, yeah, and uh, certainly a big part of that offense, especially earlier in the year, and they need him to get back to that. Uh, Aiden O'Connell has led Purdue, and we talked about his career. In fact, his first real big moment uh, was against Nebraska in 2019, led the Boilermakers to a game-winning touchdown drive, six of seven in that last drive. David Bell, I think, had the end around or whatever the play was that, that, that Purdue won that game. I believe that this is uh, either the fifth or sixth time we got to get our research done right uh, that uh, Aiden O'Connell led Purdue to a fourth quarter come from behind victory, of course, against Maryland. He got that done. Uh, they never trailed against Minnesota, so that doesn't count. Uh, you go back to Tennessee, you go back to Northwestern in 2019. He had a bunch of them in 2019 as well. Uh, and again, with that Nebraska game and the Iowa game in 2020 before he was injured. Uh, very impressive trait for him. And uh, I know we, we we debate whether, not debate, but he may not have been 100%. But uh, I'm going to ask you this because he's had some big games and Purdue's had some big passing games over against uh, Nebraska is 375 yards. I'm going to put that as the buy sell. Where do, where do you see that? Can he beat 375 this weekend? I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I, I think Purdue's going to put up some big numbers on Saturday. Um, again, I talked about some of the defensive issues of Nebraska. Remember, uh, Interim head coach Mickey Joseph fired the defensive coordinator, what, three weeks ago after the Oklahoma game. They have gotten a little bit better on defense with, with Bill Bush now running that running the scheme. Um, sort of simplified things, it sounds like. But still, the personnel, it's always about personnel, right? I, I think I think even if Charlie's not 100%, Purdue's got enough personnel to make Nebraska pay. And, uh, again, that's a Nebraska defense. Now, look at the numbers. Uh, they are they are not they are not good just not a good defense so I'm buying that I think Aiden Aiden goes big he's going to be healthier he's going to be another week removed from that what's believed to be a rib injury he suffered at Syracuse uh, you mentioned Payne Durham a few moments ago probably coming off his best game of the year uh, he, he's going to be a matchup issue as well he's dialed in and you know maybe we'll see a little bit more of T.J. Sheffield. Uh, he had a nice catch late in that game last Saturday. So yeah, I'm I'm buying it. I, I think I think it's Saturday night's going to be a big night for Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, and it uh, it uh, can would make for a big. Uh, uh, it's certainly a big uh, 
uh, offensive in, in front of a capacity crowd and what will probably be a well, not probably it will be a raucous crowd is that is uh, that mm-hmm. game uh kicks off uh, without question it's going to be that type of environment in ross age stadium with a capacity crowd all right uh, one of the you know we do have a sellout already for this game as well uh let's talk about sellouts uh buy sell that purdue will have another sellout and, and probably be the iowa game if they yeah. have the chance to do that uh maybe a silly question because we don't know what the what the situation is going to be but uh, it, it, certainly impressive. This game's been so, and that has something to do with Nebraska bringing some folks as well. But really, uh, Purdue's fan following has been really pretty terrific. If you go back and look at sellouts against Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, technically, I think a sellout against FAU because you had over 57,000 for that one as well. Uh, it's been pretty impressive, the fan following. Yeah, it has. They've made, uh, most games have been at night. I think the Indiana State game was a 4 p.m. start, but the other Correct. ones were. Or after six, so maybe maybe that has something to do with it too. I think fans tend to like the uh, the night games; they can tailgate all day and then and then go to the the ball game later on. And um, yeah, I think they're all going to be in their full throated glory, if you will. There's a lot of excitement. I'm not I'm not breaking news to you or whoever's watching this this Zoom cast, but there's a lot of excitement around Purdue football right now. And Alan, you've been around a long time, and man, I tell you what, there's nothing, at least in my mind, I'll speak for myself. There's nothing better when a football team is playing good on a college campus in the fall. The, the energy, I think, it, that resonates throughout the campus. Fridays for a home game, there's an electricity, I think, in the air, the anticipation, the excitement, and, and, and that, that sort of environment, I think, is cultivated with this year's team and how it's playing right now at 4-2. and two. Alan, they're trying to win four games in a row for the first time since 2018, and we know they're tied for first in the Big Ten West. We know people are saying good things about Purdue nationwide. They look like they have a legit chance to maybe actually win the West. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself, but it's all that speculation, conjecture, and positivity, I think, are going to lead to a great electric atmosphere uh, Saturday night. And not like you, Alan, I think if they do sell out another game, it will be that Iowa game. Uh, Who knows with Northwestern, Alan, if they're really rolling, uh, people love a winner and, and they could pack the place for that game on November 19th against the Wildcats. Again, if Purdue's really playing well and really in the thick of maybe making a push to win the division title. Yeah, no doubt. If there's a lot to play for that weekend, uh, uh, anything can happen. All right. Buying or selling is Illinois Purdue's biggest threat in the Big Ten West right now. I guess I guess you have to say yes, right? Illinois, Nebraska, and Purdue are all two and one. Iowa's got a couple of league losses, and now I think um, who knows about Wisconsin? I hate to I hate to give up on on the Badgers just yet, but I, I am going to say it's Illinois. They, they they've been one of the best stories nationally this year. Uh, the job Bielema has done, he has that new defensive coordinator Ryan Walters, and they've been really special on on defense and. Uh, offensively I mentioned Chase Brown earlier you know Brett Bielema he wants to pound the rock he wants to shove it down your throat and he's got a running back that's able to do that and and uh a nice transfer quarterback and Tommy DeVito but he got hurt last week Alan I'm not sure what right up in the air yeah up in the air so they have Arthur Sikowski from Rutgers so we'll have to see where, where they're at with their quarterback spot but for now um I, I'm going to say yeah it, it is the Illini um 
I never would have dreamt. It's so crazy how life changes and evolves, but I never would have dreamt in August if you had told me that game in Champaign on November 12th could determine who's going to be the front row in the Big Ten West. I'd have told you you were crazy. Yeah, it's interesting uh, <laughs> if you look at the schedules, and it's kind of fun to do that, but it's, you know, Illinois has got Minnesota at home this week. They have to go to Michigan the week after the Purdue game because you want to look at Purdue and say, can the Boilermakers withstand another loss and still win the division? Well, if they lose to Illinois, uh, obviously they would lose the head-to-head unless the Illini have three conference losses. So that's why it's really interesting. Minnesota has to go to Penn State. Uh, obviously Purdue has the advantage on Minnesota right now, but right now Minnesota's only got one conference loss. So that's where it gets really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think tonight, this week, I, I would agree that Illinois just made because they're playing at home, but I think it really a lot rides on, on that game because, um, Minnesota doesn't only has to play at Penn state, but the rest of their schedule is, is winnable. They got to go to Wisconsin too. And, and maybe Wisconsin, it's hard to put Wisconsin as the sleeper, but Wisconsin is a team that's uh, got uh, a lot of, in, you know, obviously a tradition of being very, very successful in that division uh, for years and years and years. And uh, that, uh, that has got to, got me thinking that the Badgers are going to be a team that, uh, that could be in there as well. So it will yeah. be funny to fun to watch that because Wisconsin has a schedule also again, looking ahead and, and it's a funny thing to do that, but they, they really have, they've got Minnesota at home. They do have to go to Iowa and they have to go to Nebraska, but they've got Purdue and then, and they have Maryland at home after, after Michigan, a trip to Michigan state this week. So uh, going to be interesting as we say, but, but again, the Badgers do have two conference losses. So Purdue's got to mm-hmm. jump on them, but uh, that game next week also could become a, 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 I think they're all, when you, when you try to win a division championship, you got to win, you know, you, you got to step up and will three losses end up being it? If it is, uh, there'll be a lot of tiebreakers in play to try to figure out who the winner is. So, you know, uh, Illinois, yeah. Illinois is a bad, bad loss. They lost yeah. to Indiana. So um, they already have that strike against them. I think that, that they, they don't have really wiggle room after losing that ball game. And, and then Wisconsin for Purdue, Allen. That's well documented. I think it's 15 wins in a row for the Badgers. Purdue's last win against that program was actually in Madison in 2003. So just a lot of sordid history, recent history for Purdue against the Badgers. It would be so cathartic for Purdue and its fans if they could actually uh, get a win over these Badgers. And the timing would be great to be maybe it's a win that would punctuate a 4 0 October, Allen, make Purdue 6 and 2. Hey, into her off week, and boy, six and two going into your off week. You look at that November schedule; it's filled with opportunity. That would be the ideal situation, obviously, for the Boilermakers. But they got to get through Nebraska first, obviously. Yeah, no doubt, and uh, you got to be careful now. The Wisconsin Purdue game, by the way, three thirty p.m. on ESPN. Uh, for those of you planning ahead, uh, I'm going to throw one last one, just a quick one. Uh, will Purdue be a favorite against Wisconsin? Tell me that you're an odds maker. You're the you're the swami. <laughs> I'm, really not, I'm really not much about the gambling or, or betting. No, I know you're not. I know. I think, but, yeah, I, I think they're going to be an underdog. I guess I'm selling the idea that they'll be favored. I, I don't think Purdue will be favored in, in Madison. No, I don't. Even if Purdue wins this weekend, uh, I still think the Badgers are at least going to be a three point favorite at home, if not maybe a touchdown favorite. Um, uh, I, I just don't think. 
again, this isn't a vintage Wisconsin team, but it's still pretty solid, Alan. And and I think they play somebody this weekend. I think they're supposed to beat too. I can't. Michigan State at Michigan yeah, State. So there you yeah. go. So they're going to have they're going to be two and zero against under Jim Leonard. So they're going to have some momentum coming back home off the road with two wins. So no, I think for sure Purdue's going to be an underdog there by at least a field goal, maybe as much as a touchdown. Who knows, Alan? Maybe maybe, maybe even ten points. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, if we let, if I keep letting this go on, we'll keep, I'll keep throwing silly questions at you, but no, I always appreciate it. We always have fun doing this because it's kind of, we kind of come up with things as we go along and uh, Tom, I appreciate your time and always your expertise as well. I want to thank acre pro Midwest farm group. Um, when it's decades of experience, <laughs> excuse me, in Indiana agriculture, visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. So again, we'll be back next week and we'll have uh, uh, try to conjure up some fun things when it comes to Purdue, Wisconsin. Uh, if you're a Purdue fan, you hope you're riding that four game win streak heading into Wisconsin. Uh, and that would make a very interesting game on the 22nd of October. All right, Tom, thanks again. We'll see you next week. And for all of you, thanks for watching or listening and thanks to acrepro.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.